Oh, wow. I had a picture in my spirit during that song of, uh, how are we doing, venue? The supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, that is what the series is about right now. I think sometimes that you get worried because the devil is greater than you are, and, and come on. I think you get worried because you forget who you're with and you forget who you belong to. My, um, I was reminded in that last song that my, I had an Uncle Brent that was, was much younger than my dad and, and his older brothers. Now, when you have four or five older brothers, how many people know back in the day, you were untouchable until you went home. Then you were very, <laughs> then they would lay hands on you and pray for you a lot. But I'll tell you, even with my little brother, you know, yeah, I would lay hands on him occasionally when I felt like dad's discipline was not enough. But I'll tell you what, if somebody, this kid named Jonathan picked on my brother at school and I came around the corner and Jonathan, who was older than my brother, is picking on him. And I'm like, Jonathan, it is the end of your life. I don't want to hear about, I don't want to hear if my brother was, at, I don't even care right now. Jonathan, it is the end. You need to back up and you make me a promise this never happens again and you can go on living and see tomorrow. My Uncle Brent, my, my mom was teaching school. That's how much older my, my dad was than Uncle Brent. And Uncle Brent was still in junior high. And my mom walks out to the, to the playground. And Brent is taunting like five or six older farm kids who do want to lay hands on Brent. You know what he's saying? Do you know who my brothers are? My, my, my brother, my older brother is Richard Cope. And he works right there. You touch me, going to mess you up after this. I mean, it didn't matter if it was true, but I'll tell you, those kids were like ready to pounce. But I feel like you forget that you, you think the devil, he's, all he does is walk around like a roaring lion, but Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Sometimes you got to be like, back up, back up, unless you want a world of hurt. Today's sermon is called Power Tools. You may be coming in here today are just a regular tool. Did pastor just call us tools? Yes, you're a tool. You're a massive tool. By the time you leave today, I think some of you are going to be power tools. Oh. I feel like sometimes we're Christian cavemen. Or cave women. Sorry, guys. I got your back. I got your back. Christian cavemen and women. Christian, Christian cave people. And I feel like we're trying to go to war against the devil. We're trying to build the kingdom of God. And we're walking past all of these power tools that the Holy Spirit has laid out for us. But because we're not familiar with them, we're walking with our favorite rock tied to our favorite stick. And we're going out and we're attempting to live this supernatural life and fill out this great commission of Christ, which is to go into all the world and make disciples of people and perform miracles and heal the sick and cast out the devil. Come on. And we're supposed to do all these things and we're walking past all of these power tools that the Holy Spirit, that Jesus promised us. And we're walking past them because we're not really sure how to use them, but we are sure how to use our favorite rock and our fav tied to our favorite stick and try to reinvent the wheel. And I feel like for decades, this has been happening. I think for thousands, for a couple thousand years, we've been trying to reinvent the wheel when the Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit to come that is the wheel and is everything else. And I feel like we need to return to the early church. Did you know that, that when you get to heaven, the early church is going to be like, so what was the biggest scare of your day? And you were going to be like the flu. And they're going to look down. They're going to be like, for reals? 
They took my kids from in front of me. They hauled my wife to jail. They tortured us. They killed us. But we had the grace and power of the Holy Spirit of God. And we still got the gospel into the world. We still preach the message that Jesus can save. There's not a life that he can't save. There's not a sin he can't forgive. But you know, I think what happens is, I was thinking about this, you know, tomorrow is a worry for us because today just about killed us, you know? And you have this sense that God wants great fruit from you or you have the sense that things are gonna get much worse, but you know, what if tomorrow got 10 times worse than today? And then you think to yourself, I just about didn't make it today. But I feel like we forget somehow that if tomorrow's mountain is 10 times harder to climb, that the Holy Spirit is a thousand times greater than the 10 times. And the exponential power of the Holy Ghost, which we are, are not plugging into the way that we need to in the way that Jesus told us to and commanded us to, we forget that the grace of God and the power of God is much greater. Look, some of you are struggling with sin and addiction right, right now. The Holy Spirit is the answer. Now, I don't mean you don't have to work and you don't have to be disciplined, but I am telling you what, you can confess all the sin you like, but if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you and making you morally excellent and strong, you can try to deal with sin all you like and it'll still keep coming back. There are natural and supernatural weapons. Now, naturally, I'm kind of good at a few things. And one of the things I'm good at is patience. to make eye contact, aren't you? Arwen. She wants to eat and live indoors. Okay, patience is not one of my natural strengths, but I'll tell you what, sometimes I need a lot of patience. Sometimes I'm talking to somebody and sometimes sheep bite a little. I'll tell you when the supernatural patience of the Holy Spirit is upon me, I'm a different person. I'm like a soft, warm panda. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when, when I have the supernatural power of God working inside of me, you don't even know it's the same me sometimes. And everybody said, thank, thank you, Jesus. It's okay, you can say that and make eye contact. I know, I know what I'm like. I've had to live with myself a long time. Jesus, uh, Luke records, Jesus spoke these words. I just wanna give you a little context. And you don't put wine in old cracked bottles, you get strong clean bottles for your fresh vintage wine. And no one who has ever tasted fine aged wine prefers unaged wine. What's he saying in there? He's now, he's talking to you. Now it says no one, everybody say no one. Now how many people know that when Jesus says no one, he actually is including you? Because I know you think you're special because your mom said that you were special. But when Jesus says no one, he means like no human. He says no one who's ever tasted fine aged wine prefers unaged wine. So for you to get this supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, you need, first of all, a new bottle to carry it in. I'll, I'll explain power tools. I got illustrations today. Hopefully I don't destroy my body. You're going to love it. It's going to drive the message deep, I think. What you have to understand is that he says here, no one who's used to the old wine immediately prefers the new wine. Which means you'll go back to your caveman rock and stick because it's what you know. He's like, when you start moving into the power of the Holy Spirit, the new thing that I'm going to do in this world, you're not going to immediately like it because it's uncomfortable. It's scary. It's just not what you know. 
and you've been fighting the same fight with your wife for 10 years and it's the same thing and you keep going back to it and Jesus is like, there's a whole new way in the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be that person anymore. You don't have to try to fix them anymore because the Holy Spirit wants to fix you. And when you get your teeth into this and you understand, okay, my natural reaction to this sermon is going to be, I'm going to push back a little bit. No one prefers new wine. I'm going to push back against new information. You tell yourself that, oh, I love new information. You do until it, it requires more. And this is the scary part is that Jesus wants not a little fruit from you. He wants much fruit. See, the devil will allow you to build a garden shed if God wanted you to build a house. He'll let you build a garden shed. He'll let you poke around and put your family in there during COVID and lock down in a garden shed when you should have built a house, when you should be building a kingdom. The devil's main objective is to get you to accept lesser weapons because they feel safer to handle. The devil's main objective is to get you to accept lesser weapons because they feel safer to handle. He'll let you uh, accomplish something. He'll let you charge hell with a toilet plunger. He'll let you. He'll let you get a couple of victories under your belt too. But man, when you reach for that rocket launcher, he's not afraid of a little fruit. He's not afraid of you living in a garden chain. He's not afraid of a toilet plunger. He'll give up a little bit to keep you from the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit of the living God. That's what he's afraid of. You getting your teeth into that. Some of us, you know, we give 2% to God when God says, give me 10%. And then we spend, we give 2% to God because we lack faith and faith requires action before you get the return. And, but God promises in Malachi, if you give me the 10th, that's what tithing is. It's not a tooth. It's a 10th. If you give me the 10th, he says, cause you spend the time then rebuking the devil over your family and you're scared of what your kids are getting into. And you're, and God's like, if you would give me the 10th, I would rebuke the devourer. I would make sure that your fields bear fruit. I will in famine give you, come on. I will cause the seed that you sow in famine. I can bring it up a hundredfold because I can do anything. That's what God would say. Some of you need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. You just have more faith. It is a deep human thing to keep swinging the hammer that we're used to. Did anybody, uh, when you were young, have, now I'm dating myself here, not like dating myself because I'm attracted to myself, although <laughs> I'm dating myself. I'm, I'm old is what I mean, because I had maybe one of those little, uh, you know, those little hammer sets with the plastic hammers and little pegs that you pound in there. Anybody's, anybody got boys? Anybody got, or girls? I don't know. I could, right. Cave women. Got your back. <laughs> I was just a boy. So all I knew was like, I had Tonka trucks and a pile of sand. And, you know, you, you start with the plastic hammer and there's not much damage you can do. You know, your brother reaches in there and wants to monkey around with it. And you give him a little smack just to, dude, I'm working. You can't do much damage with, with a little plastic hammer. You can't even do much damage with an actual hammer. Can I get my stuff up here, Chad? Thank you. Um, I'm going to show you the difference with what you're working with. Thanks, John. I forgot to tell him he could go, but I kind of like him when he's there. Thanks, John. Can every eye turn to Sean and everybody just give a clap to my introverted, my introverted accountability partner. He'll cook up something like you introverts do in three months. He'll, he'll work up something. I should have said this, but I didn't. <laughs> Two in the morning. Yeah, I should have said that, but I didn't because I'm an introvert. When I, when I was young, I was 18 and I was, uh, we built a pole shed and I, it was a pole shed for, for a farmer's bulls. 
I'm not a farm kid, so it's all kind of gross. But um, we built... <laughs> Did I offend a bunch of farmers in the room or what? Like, oh my goodness. So we built a pole shed and we put these like two by rough cut two by eights and we, we drove poles down and we put uh, poles down to the ground. We built this little kind of enclosure inside with all these rough cut two by eights that all needed to be hammered on. Now this is like, what's this, like a three inch spike or maybe a three and a half inch spike or something like that. We had six or seven inch spikes and they were much bigger than this. And so if you've ever had to pound those in by hand because we didn't have the tech to do it quickly. And so if you've, I'm 18 years old, I've already got blisters. I'm just learning how to swing a hammer. And how many people know that when you start doing that, the marks that you leave around, how am I doing? I've never actually had one of these that had this thing. This is new technology to me. That's kind of cool. Just to start the nail. Now, how many people know that when I'm swinging that hammer, I was good for a couple of boards, but uh, you know, I get a few boards in and then the farmer comes out and I grew up with his son and he comes over and he looks at all the hammer marks around where the nail is. And he goes, he says one word, windy. <laughs> yeah, real windy, Robert. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get worse, I think, too, as the day goes on. You're swinging this hammer, and it's wearing you out, and you've got to concentrate, and you got to... This is how, how driving a spike in with a hammer works. I can build a shed with a hammer. You ready? You guys got eyeglasses? <laughs> the glasses, they do nothing. Oh! Still standing. All right, all right. That's not terrible. I want to do another one of those. Can I have a real... Do we have any more nails? I feel like I can do better than that first one. Oh, yeah. Put it on for me like I'm in kindergarten. Yeah, do it. I need it. I need all the help I can get. Oh, oh. I got to be stronger. Yeah. Now, the devil doesn't mind if you build a shed with a hammer. But what you have to understand is that human effort, your natural effort, even in Christ without the Holy Spirit coming upon you, the baptism for your soul, to give you moral excellence of soul, without the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you, the devil will let you swing a hammer. But Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't try to fulfill the Great Commission until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Yes, the Holy Spirit comes within you to give you a wellspring flowing up to eternal life for you, but you need a river to your neighborhood. And he's like, don't go into your neighborhood. Don't go do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I'll, I'll, I'll swing a hammer and I'll do what I can in the natural here. But I'll tell you what he wants you to do is he wants you to pick up one of these things. Now, what is this thing called? A pass load. I just pull the trigger and it just shoots whatever. I'm not pointing it at you. It's an accident. These aren't dangerous. Okay, so one time, <laughs> I act like I haven't used these before, but I have used these before. One time I was nailing something and I came over the top of it and shot one of these things right through my finger. And it reminded me of Robin Hood and then I had to pull it out because I was super embarrassed and I didn't want my boss to see that I had shot myself with an air nailer. So I pulled it out, which took a bit of work, everybody. They go in real quick. But when you have a CO2 cartridge in this and a battery to load it, when you see what can be done by the power of the Holy Spirit with your little human effort, and all of a sudden you've got a, a power behind you now, but the trouble is you can build a much bigger house, but you've got to, ready? Respect the power.
And that's what we're afraid of. All of a sudden, we're plugged into something much greater, but it can do greater damage too. All I'm going to do with the hammer is just, you know, lose a fingernail every now and again. But with this thing, I shot myself right through my finger and then I had to pull it out. And then I did what carpenters have been doing for years. I went to the electrician and got some electrical tape. Yeah, you know. And I taped it back up and I went back to work in five minutes. Then I was on the worship team, so I played guitar the next night with my finger. Then I took three weeks of stress leave. Oh, times have changed, ladies and gentlemen. Let me show you what a little power can do. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got to knock these out after, but I don't care because they're going in easy. I need somebody's hand to see how this... No. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Is that awesome? Now... What you can do gets multiplied when hydraulics and gasoline and, and CO2, you can get rid of this thing too. And if you put it there, I might jump off stage and break my back. When the Holy Spirit plugs you into electricity, what he can do with your life won't even make you think that you're the same person anymore. It's what the Holy Spirit can do. And so you have to respect the power. Listen, God is calling us right now, Venue Church, to be a Holy Ghost church. Now, that means we got to respect the power. Now, now, can I just say this? Moms and dads, can I say, hey, we got to respect the power of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in our church service. So Aaron and I, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to be like, hey, kids, no phones unless you're taking. Can I say this? No phones unless you're taking notes. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I had a young guy sitting in a service one time and he's like, my brain is just so intelligent that I have to be playing a game on my phone while I'm hearing you preach. I'm like your brain is that intelligent, is it? Angry birds won't save your marriage. Save me, angry birds. You're not going to do it. Hey, can we lift up our level of honor of the Holy Spirit in this place? I mean, you go to a movie and somebody yells at you. No, I mean, come on, can we do it? As a church fan, let's lift up the honor of the Holy Spirit. Let's be like, hey, hey, no, 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 no. There's the Holy Spirit. I need to hear from him now. I do not need to hear from my cousin in Manitoba right now. I don't, I need to hear from the Holy Spirit of the living God. Now, you got to respect the power of the Holy Spirit. One time I was working on a, uh, framing something and I did the same thing that shot my finger before, but I shot across me and I had a, an older framer standing there holding it for me and it went beside him and into the house next door. And this older guy looks at me and he says, well, I guess I'm glad I wasn't standing there. And I said, I'm also glad and I'm sorry. You have to respect the power because if you're using a table saw, uh, you, you won't cut your fingers off using a handsaw unless you're real dumb, unless nature is really trying to weed you out. But I mean, you, it's a lot of work to really, really hurt yourself with hand tools. But I'll tell you with the power tools, Ananias and Sapphira, come on. The power, you gotta, you'll lose your digits, man. And then God will have to put your ear back on. I'm preaching from past messages. You have to honor the power. The power, see a little hammer is not that heavy, but that thing is heavy. You gotta build up a little spiritual muscle to, to try not to contain it, but to try to 
Discipline yourself to be like, okay, this is, now this is, I respect the power. This is where the, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Now what happens, you guys ready? This is a powerful thought that the Holy Spirit showed me. What happens is you'll either settle for building a garden shed with a hammer in the natural. I see Christians do this all the time. I see churches do this all the time. You'll, tr- you'll build a garden shed because you can actually do it and succeed at that. But God doesn't want a garden shed. He wants a house. He wants a city. He wants a nation. And so, so what we'll do is we'll either settle for building a garden shed or we'll attempt to build something bigger, but we won't have the energy and the Holy Ghost, because you can put nails in with that thing. There's an unending amount of, as long as you can hold on to it, but your arm gets tired of swinging that hammer, and sooner or later what'll happen is, like look, if you're struggling with one kid, wait till you have four kids. What was it like? We were drowning and somebody gave us another baby. Here you go. Just, just starting to get that, are we? You need the Holy Spirit. And so, so what happens is you'll either settle for building a garden shed or you'll attempt to build a bigger structure, but then you'll start skimping on the nails. Come on. The character. The, you won't put as many studs in the wall, and then it'll be a race to get the drywall up before the inspector comes along, before your boss comes along, before your wife checks in on your kid. And it'll be a race to get this up in there, but then they pull it. The, the drywall off and they're like, hey, there's not enough studs in the wall. There's not enough nails in these studs. We used to have stud finders. You know what those were? We used to be like, beep, 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 beep. And then because we were awesome, we'd be like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> when you introverts get that at two in the morning, let me know. There is a power of the Holy Spirit that needs to come upon you. And he is the, God is pouring out his Holy Spirit on this church. Will you walk out of here with the Holy Spirit or will you walk out the way that you came in? It is unacceptable for me to think that I would not, not just allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do, but beg him until he does. And there's this ask and you shall receive. Keep asking, keep asking, keep. Because the more we ask, the more we realize we don't have enough strength in our arm to swing that hammer for much longer. But the power of the Holy Spirit is in infinity times any mountain that you're going to face this week or any mountain you will ever face again. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power for performing miracles, moral power and excellence of soul. Your mind, your will and your emotions. That's what you're missing. Power and resources arising from numbers, power consisting in armies and forces. It says you will receive it when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, which is superimposition of. We've been talking about supernatural, like superpowers. Like Simon Peter Parker got bit by the Holy Spirit. It's a reference to pop culture. Don't act like you don't watch TV, venue. Come on. To take charge of, to take you over. Oh, not a Holy Spirit I can control. Nope. No, you just got to respect and honor the Holy Spirit. And here's the great commission. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, uh, the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. And then they're like, what do we do now? Can you feel the weight of tomorrow on you? You know what I think is a worry to us is that we're trying to fix everything when God's like, I don't want you to fix everything. I just want you to do this thing. You're a soldier. You're not the general. Relax. You don't have to do the war. You just have to win your battle. I feel like that's just coming to somebody. Pick that up. You don't have to win the war. Just win your battle. 
But if you're trying to win the war, you'll lose your battle. God's like, no, you're not the, you're not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit belongs to me. I just need him to tell you what to do so that you go do it. Some, some of you, you just need to go to work the next time you go to work and help somebody deal with their fear. Put him onto a sermon podcast and be like, I don't know, my pastor, he's crazy enough that he doesn't seem to be afraid right now. Just, the Holy Spirit will show you what to say in those moments. You need to be praying ahead of time and be like, I am open. Holy Spirit, I just need to do the one thing today. I don't need to do 50 things today. I don't need to feel if I don't need to. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile, wondering, like, how are we going to do this right now? When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Acts chapter 2. This is when it all changed and all shifted. Next week, my sermon, uh, before I do a bonus sermon on speaking in tongues. You guys ready? We're going to dance with some snakes in two weeks. (laughs) Really? I don't know. Show up and see. I hate snakes, but we'll see. I'm gonna, next week, I'm going to go down theologically. If you're, if you're unchurched, um, it, it will have more to do with what we heard in church and some of the bad theology and teaching that we had that was more based on experience and what people believe than what the scriptures say and what the early church experienced. And I'm going to go through it and just be like, boom, 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 boom. And you're going to get the Holy Spirit and your lives are going to be changed forever and it's going to be powerful. But today is the day that some of you guys are just going to jump the gun because you're a little impatient and that's okay. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Not unlike a place like this. Not unlike numbers like what we have. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Now this is getting a bit alarming because they were hiding from the authorities. They just, their master was just crucified. They're on the run. And all of a sudden this windstorm comes through. And they're like, oh boy. Windstorms aren't quiet, everybody. Then what looked like uh, flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Settled on each of them. Everybody in that house has settled on each of them. Now, how many people know that your head being on fire is not super comfortable? (laughs) It's like windy. You're in the middle of a firestorm. You got this thing in your head. Use your imagination. Well, I'm sure that it was a flame of cold fire. Uh, I don't think that's how flames work. And you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire not many days from now. There's a fire that the Holy Spirit wants to bring into your life to purge you of those things that have been holding you back and keeping you down. It says like flames of uh, tongues of fire and settled on each of them. That word settled means to set, to appoint, to confer a kingdom on one. This is what they were waiting for. This is what you're waiting for. And everyone present, say everyone. Does everyone include you as special as you are was filled with the Holy spirit and began speaking in other languages. Say everyone as the Holy spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and Peter's like, no, 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 no. Don't run here. But the Holy Spirit had better plans, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken of by the believers. Verse 12, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Now, if you want to be that one person or ten people in the crowd that wants to ridicule to make yourself feel better, can I say this? There's other churches for you. I'm just going to say it. We're going to honor the Holy Spirit no matter what. And there has to be this thing that, look, we want to appear so glorious and holy. I know it's churches that are so holy, they never have any fun anymore. I think holy just means grumpy to a lot of people. 
Holy means like, I look like I'm in control. Don't I look like I'm in control of my life? And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, that's why I can't do anything. And I think we got to get to this place where we're like, I'm willing to look a little foolish if the Holy Spirit saves a bunch of people. I'm willing to look like an idiot if my marriage comes back online. I'm willing to look like an idiot if my teenager stops doing what my teenager's doing. I will, like King David, I will get rid of my kingly robes that I will go off of Facebook a little. And I will dance before the Lord. But his wife, Michael, she said, oh, wasn't the king glorious in? Were you showing off to the servants? And he's like, I was dancing before the Lord, my God. I'm doing this for the Lord, my God. And it's funny how Michael was barren for the rest of her life. But David went on to do mighty things. We have to... Be willing to look like idiots if, the Holy, if it honors the Holy Spirit. Some of you already look like idiots anyways. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Paul like that. Dr. Paul. I do whatever I want. <laughs> you got to go back and listen, sir. Then Peter. Then Peter. Watch, his name was changed from Simon to Peter. Then Simon Peter Parker, now Peter, now it's a different Peter. Now it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson, because Peter means rock. And now it's Dwayne, now would you listen if Dwayne the Rock Johnson was up here? Yeah, you put your phones away. <laughs> he stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. Now why would he say the word mistake? Because the devil had been plaguing him with his mistakes. And he's like, yeah, that doesn't even matter anymore. I'm not confident in myself like I used to be. I'm confident in the Holy Spirit. Now, it's a different me now. Make, you make no mistake about what's happening right now. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Is, this, is he attempting humor? Like, they killed his master. They could take him and crucify him. Right? Like, that's what happened, everybody. Read a little history. And he's doing this, like... Nine in the morning's a bit early for drinking. I'm here all night. Try the veal. Man, you want some confidence in the Holy Ghost? No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Come on. You've given up hope on your kids. Do not give up hope on them. You just need to get into the Holy Ghost. You need to get into the Holy Ghost. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I don't care how old you are. You are not too old to dream dreams. Dream a dream that's way bigger than anything that even God could do in your lifetime so that you, your sons get in on it and your, their sons get in on it. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. People of Israel, Peter says, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. Now, whatever is happening in the world right now, listen, it's not like God killed Jesus, but he used it to bring salvation. So it's not like God makes people sick and kills them, but he can use it to bring salvation to many. Prearranged plan. The Holy Spirit told me the other day, God told me the other day through the Holy Spirit, he's like, why are you so worried? As if I don't have a plan. You think it's the government running things? Thank God it's not the government running things. Unless you're in government, then you don't like great. No, I'm just saying there's only so much they can do. 
But then, now let's see what God can do. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and you killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. I love this part. I love this part. I love this part. Everybody's been hiding, right? They've been hiding ever since the resurrection. They've been hiding, hiding in these little rooms, hiding. And he, by the power of the Holy Spirit, pulled everybody in to their, what was going to be their legacy. And he's like, and we are all witnesses of what has happened here. And James and John are like, shut up, Peter, shut up. And James was there and John was there and Mary was there. And that guy was there. And I'm not even sure who that guy is, but we were all there. If you're going to crucify me, man, take my friends. It doesn't matter anymore because some of you haven't been able to sacrifice because you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit like he could. And then all of a sudden you don't care because death is beaten. And the Holy Spirit, even through death, even through pain, even through persecution, can come in and lift a nation. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see in here today. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. This was the same crowd that cried, crucify, crucify. And he's just coming right at them. And it says, you remember when, when, when Jesus' hands and feet were pierced in his side, but it says now, Peter's words pierced their hearts. You want your words to matter more to the people that you're talking to, to your teenagers? You want your words to matter? Get the Holy Spirit. Quit preaching and get the Holy Spirit. Get the Holy Spirit. They said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Only God can change a heart. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then... This means, and also you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is not either or, this is not for some. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That word receive means this, to make trial of, to experience, not to refuse or reject. And some of you have been refusing or rejecting for a long time. Don't refuse the power anymore. Don't refuse or reject it. To admit or to receive, to catch at, to reach after, to strive, to obtain, to claim, to procure for oneself, to make one's own, to receive a person, to give him access to oneself, to take in order to carry away, or what I hope happens to you is that he carries you out of this service. You came in under the weight of your own body, and I pray that the Holy Spirit would carry you out. Some of you need to get to the care corner. Some of you think that this is like a private thing that happens. No, salvation can be private, but baptism is very public. So is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Look what happened. I think some of us are too proud to ask publicly for something that we know that we need, but we don't have yet. But wasn't Pentecost a one-time thing? You might have heard this growing up in church. I'm going to debunk a bunch of myths next week. You might ask, is it for every Christ follower? Because I heard this too. Like, it's only for whoever... Maybe arbitrary, maybe not. This promise, Peter goes on to say, why? Because the Holy Spirit knew you needed to hear this. He knew the arguments the devil would raise. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those who are far away. All, say all, All. who have been called by the Lord our God. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 and all. Added. We're not even multiplying yet. Added. How many people want to see 3,000 people in our city come to Christ in one day? 
You know what needs to happen first? We need to do what they did. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. But the first step is that you need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for every person here that we would go far beyond giving you permission in a passive way into almost violently asking you, saying the train of the Holy Spirit is coming through town. Either run us over or we're getting on it. Father, I pray that we would receive, that we would make trial of, that we would experience, that we would not refuse or reject any longer, that we would not wait till we understand to be carried away by somebody that we trust, that we would admit and receive, to catch at, to reach after, strive to obtain, to claim, to procure for oneself, to make one's own, to receive the Holy Spirit, to give him access to us, to take in order to carry away. And Father, I pray that you would carry us away. We are asking you to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and, and fire today. In the name of our precious Lord Jesus, the risen Savior, raised by the power of that same Spirit, In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.